Welcome back to the Tupac Music Podcast, and it's your boy DJ Scanless. For this one, we're going to break down how Tyrese got the infamous Jody role in the movie Baby Boy. Let's get it. Alright, so before we get into this video, Fat Joe recently did a live stream on Instagram with Tyrese. So be sure to check out Fat Joe on Instagram if you want to watch the full interview. Now let's roll it. Tyrese, how did you get this role, Baby Boy? Was it for you? Baby Boy happened... Uh, because this Jody, Jody is iconic. Yeah. Was that yeah. always, did he write that for you? Baby boy happened. Um, Jody was originally written for Tupac. Hold up. Hold up, Tyrese. Hold up. Hold up. This is a Joker moment. Like, yo, you got, you got to stop. Jody was written for Tupac Shakur originally. Jody was written for Tupac. Wow. We, man. Talk about it for years. He said to me, true story. When Pac was in LA shooting the video to live and die in LA, they shot it off of Crenshaw. Singleton's office was off of Crenshaw. Uh, he walked up to Pac in the middle of the video shoot and said, I wrote a movie for you. Uh, Pac was raised by his mom. Rest in peace, Mr. Feeney Shakur. And he said, I got the perfect movie to tell you a story. He wrote the movie for Tupac. And wow. Probably five to six months later, whatever the timeline was, rest in peace to the God. John was so traumatized and devastated about losing Pac. Um, he put the whole movie Baby Boy on the shelf and was mm -hmm. done. And then he ran into me. He said, you remind me of Pac. You remind me of Pac. The way we laugh, we're opinionated, we're, we're alpha, we're studied. Um, he wasn't specifically comparing me to Pac. He just said, you a real nigga from the West. You got this energy about you. And my mother had four kids that she raised on her own. And so I was the last child of four, which I was literally a baby boy. It's in my office, man. Single to Dre. Picture. Okay. Um, so basically... He uh, said, I want you to play baby boy. And again, because I was on some goofy shit at the time, chasing my music career, I don't think I was ready. And so John kept calling, kept hitting me, ran into me, BET Awards, NAACP Awards, wherever I was out on my goofy shit, chasing my music career, kept saying, baby boy, baby boy, it's your movie, it's your movie. Fast forward. It's time for him to finally get Baby Boy off the ground. He said, where are you at? I said, I'm at the house. He said, send me your address. This is back when we had Skytail Two Ways. <laughs> I opened the door. I was there at the house by myself. He walked straight into my house and I was like, okay, well shit, what's going on? He got to my dinner table, Joe. He pulled out the script to Baby Boy. He said, you've been avoiding me, nigga. 
this is your movie. I said, okay. Show you a picture real quick. Wow. That that was when it happened? No, but you got Dr. Dre in that one, huh? A couple of years after. It was a conversation that Dre was supposed to do the soundtrack for Baby Boy. Wow, so, so he shows up to my dinner table with the Baby Boy script. He started reading the script to me because I beat it. He got like seven to ten pages in. He said, man, fuck this. You read the script. I looked at him. I was like, all right. So he sat there with his thick glasses on, looking down at his Skytail two-way, and he made me read the script cover to cover at my dinner table. And even after I read it, he left the crib. We had like a two-hour conversation about the movie. I told him, it's crazy. I really feel like I'm reading my life right now. And he said, that's what I'm telling you, nigga. I keep telling you, this is your movie. So fast forward four months later, Kim Harden, casting agent at the time, shout out to her. They said, you're baby boy, you got the role. And then I ended up, I ended up watching the movie, The Hurricane. They offered me the role, but I still never said yes to Jody. I watched the movie, The Hurricane with Denzel Washington, where he played Reuben Hurricane Carter. I watched that movie. After I watched that movie, I knew it was time for me to become an actor. So shout out to Denzel Washington. He's the reason I'm at 9 billion box office receipts. His performance in that movie spoke to me and made me do something that I never wanted to do before I seen that movie. So instead of me saying yes to the role, I said to John Singleton, I'm coming in to audition for the role, even though you gave it to me. So I went to the swap meet. I went and got my Chuck Taylors, my Dickies, my Ben Davidson outfit, my T-shirt, my beanie, hanging it off my head. I went into the role, and if you go on YouTube right now, the footage of me auditioning for Baby Boy with Taraji is all over the internet. You can watch it. Now, when Taraji came in to audition for the role, I had already done my audition and earned the role by myself. And then after I earned the role that same day, he said, do you mind staying here? Because we got someone who wants to come in and play the role of Yvette. We got all these female actresses coming in for the role. And I'm nervous as shit, never acted a day in my life. Now this nigga want me to stay in the audition and help audition all of the females that's gonna be opposite me, what's called a chemistry test. We went through like 15, 20 women. Taraji came in. She hit the shit completely out the park. Nine billion in box office receipts later. Here I am. Let me tell you something, my brother, man. I loved you and Jody. As Jody, it was iconic. That whole movie was just crazy. All right, guys, so it's been widely known for many years that the baby boy role was actually for Tupac Shakur. And the only reason that Tupac never got to actually perform in this movie is because he was gunned down September 6, 1996. Now, how do you guys feel about this? Do you feel like this movie is a great movie 
on its own? Do you feel like it would have been better if Tupac would have played Jody? Do you feel like the movie would have been any different if Tupac would have actually been the main actor in the movie as opposed to Tyrese? Had Tupac stayed alive, this movie would have probably been produced and released around 1998-1999, so even the characters and other actors and actresses in the movie may have been different. However, I feel like this is a very ghetto or hood type of classic cult film. You know, it didn't do amazing numbers at the box office. It didn't get like 50 million, 60 million for other type of movies that were out at the time. However, when you compare to movies like Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, Juice, Higher Learning, Menace to Society, this is one of those movies you can lump in that category. I want to say this movie is better than those movies. You can maybe stack it up against Poetic Justice. However, I don't think it's better than Boys in the Hood or Menace to Society. But it's definitely one of those movies that you consider amongst the best when it comes to hood classics. Alright guys, we're back with the Tubac Music Podcast. It's your boy DJ Scandalous. We about to get in this shit. First one, we're going to break down the recent news that Keisha Cole was on Fat Joe's podcast. And she basically states that Tubac was going to leave Death Row Records. Now is this true? I want to tell you why it's not. But before we get into that, here's the clip. Let's get it. I think you're too young to have known Tupac, but I know Pac was real influential in your life growing up in the Bay Area. Tell me about Pac and how much you loved Pac, because I know he mean a lot to you growing up. Yeah, I actually um, did know him, and um, he wanted to sign me to Quincy when he was with Kadada, Quincy Jones' daughter. And um, he was he was going to leave Death Row and go to sign with um, Quincy. And he wanted me to go over there because he said that Death Row is not the place for, for kids. You know what I'm saying? That's what he was saying. So, um, but just unfortunately on our way to Vegas when we went that time, um, he got shot. He didn't, he didn't come back from that trip. So wait a minute, Keisha, because this is what we call a Joker moment. You watch the show all the time. So you're telling me Tupac was telling you he was going to go sign with Quincy Jones and get his own situation and bring you there with him? Because I've yeah. never heard he was leaving death row. This is the first time yeah. somebody real like you was saying that. Yeah, we definitely, um, it was a bunch of us that, oh, that left. How old was you, 15? 14, 15. Yeah, he died when I was 16. So right when my like my birthday was coming around, I, I just remember... Um, getting earrings in the mail from Death Row Records, and um, but Shook, of course, was already in jail. So my mom literally came and got us when we from from Shook's house because she because everybody got shot that day. So I made mean, that night. So it was. Oh, so you was just, so you was in Vegas when Tupac got shot. My brother, my brother, um, and him used to rap together too, and the Outlaws as well. So we all drove to Vegas from LA. Pac was in the car with Kadada, you know, Suge was in their car, my brother was in their car, we was in our car. You know, it was just like a lot. And then we were kids though, you know what I'm saying? So it, she just didn't like that, you know what I mean? It was just like a lot of drama around that time. Yeah, man, that's crazy. I never knew you actually met him. I didn't, oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't know that. All right, guys. So now I want to give you my hot take on this. I know I'm going to have a lot of detractors, but you know I don't really give a fuck and I'm going to give it to you raw and uncut. So the reason as to why I think this is bullshit and a fabrication, you know, I don't want to hate on Keisha Cole and everything she's doing. 
but she hasn't had a hot song since the song that she did with Tupac called Play Your Cars Right, which was a remix of a 1995 song that he did with different artists and over a different beat. That's her only hot song that I can remember. So I don't know if she's clout chasing, she's doing this to hype up the podcast with Fat Joe or whatever. However, I think this is complete bullshit and I'll tell you why. First of all, there's no evidence that Tupac was going to leave Death Row Records at all. A lot of people say that Suge Knight owed Tupac money. I beg to differ. Yes, Tupac was going to be owed royalties for All Eyes of Me and the Machiavelli album. However, Tupac used a lot of money already for himself to live lavishly. He bought clothes, he bought marijuana, he bought alcohol. All the hours he racked up in the studio making all those unreleased songs that eventually came out and so many unreleased songs that still are not out. That costs money, that costs studio time. You gotta pay those producers, those engineers. So Tupac racked up the bill with that. Then Tupac's mother got a house and you can say, well, that's not Tupac's name. The money had to come from somewhere, right? You can also say, well, Tupac was being billed for Nate Dogg's child support. That's true too. So everything wasn't to a T. There was some crooked shit going on. Definitely. I agree with that. But Tupac was getting advancements on his royalties for All Eyes On Me. And that's how he was able to buy such things as his clothes, his marijuana, his alcohol, buy his mother a house, buy his own house. And he's on record saying that he paid all the bills for his other family members as well. Where's this money coming from? So I don't want to hear people say, well, it's a money problem. That's why he was going to leave. And at the end of the day, with Dre gone and Tupac upset with Snoop Dogg, there could have been a beef on the horizon between Snoop and Pac. So we don't really know if Snoop would eventually left the label either. Tupac would have been the only main source of income for Death Row Records if Snoop also left. But say that Snoop didn't leave, Tupac was still the cash cow of Death Row Records. So I don't think Snoop would have made as many album sales or as much money for Death Row as Pac did. So I think definitely Suge would have been on good terms with Pac no matter what. And I believe if there was the discrepancy, I think they would have squashed that shit because Tupac would have been the cash cow. And if Tupac would have left, I think Death Row would have went under. Now, like I was saying, there's no documentation at all of Tupac leaving Death Row Records. You can't find one letter, one audio clip of Tupac, nothing. All you hear is hearsay from different parties that were associated with Tupac. However, here's the main sources as to why I think Tupac was not leaving Death Row Records. When you look at the original tracklist of the Machiavelli album with Tupac penned around July of 96 and has such songs on there such as Watch Your Mouth along with other tracks such as Crazy, Lost Souls, Against All Odds, With Us Cry, Let's Be Friends, Thug Nature, and Blasphemy. Tupac wrote down all the information for the album and who the producers were as well as the date on the album and the date on that tracklist was July 22nd, 1996. And at the bottom, he says, watch out for Machiavelli Records next release, One Nation. And then he also has on air Machiavelli slash Death Row. So that right there proves that Machiavelli Records was going to be Tupac's new record label under Death Row. Now, there's more proof of this. There's actually a original back cover to Machiavelli Records, which is way more graphic. I can't show you guys it. It shows Puffy in a dress as a ballerina, basically. It shows Dr. Dre being plowed. I don't know if I can say that, but you you get the point. He's being plowed. And then it shows Notorious B.I.G. with a beanie on that says P.I.G. And he's basically a pig. And when you blow up the information at the bottom, it says Machiavelli Records, the new untouchable Death Row Records. And it says distributed by Priority Records. So right there, that's further proof that this was going to be Machiavelli Records and either distributed through Death Row or Priority. Okay, so now you guys are not buying that, right? You're just saying... Well, he could have changed his mind, right? The last three songs that Tupac recorded while alive was the day before he got shot. 
September 5th, 1996. He went to the studio for Mike Tyson and he recorded his intro song called Let's Get It On. This is not to be confused with the Notorious B.I.G. version which Tupac recorded in 1993 with Notorious B.I.G. and Heavy D. It's a totally different song for Mike Tyson's entrance. It's still unreleased. And the whole intro and outro, Tupac saying Death Row Records all over the song. Two other songs that Tupac recorded that day was Hellfire Hustler, the original version, and All Out, the original version. And what's actually kind of crazy about this is the original versions have way more vocals that did not even appear on Tupac's official albums, Still I Rise, and Until End Time. And this is because Interscope Records was actively censoring Tupac's shoutouts in regard to Death Row. And on the original version, Tupac saying the notorious untouchable Death Row in the intro and in the outros. Why would Tupac be shouting out Death Row Records all over these tracks if he planned on leaving? That doesn't sound like a man that's leaving a record label to me. Now here's another one. In July or August of 96, Tupac also recorded a song called As the World Turns. You may have heard this song on Still I Rise. However, the original version actually has the secondary outro layer more audible than the version that you hear on the Still I Rise album because there's a double outro layer. And on the original, you hear the secondary layer and it's actually extended. In the outro, Tupac says, Death Row gave birth to a new seed, Machiavelli Records. That's further proof to me that Tupac was not leaving Death Row. And Machiavelli Records, his new record label, that he was going to sign various artists, whether it be Big Daddy Kane, The Outlaws, Wu-Tang Clan, Mary J. Blige, or whoever he was going to sign to this record label that's rumored would have been through Machiavelli Records distributed by Priority or Death Row. Alright, now I know you guys are saying, Scandalous, where's the proof? Well, I got it here. Here's the outro from the original As the World Turns. Yes, Death Row. <laughs> Death Row gave birth to a new scene. Machiavelli Records. Feel me now. Now here's a clip of the intro of Just Like Daddy where Tupac says Death Row Machiavelli Records. Outlaws. Go in. In this. No doubt. Death Row Machiavelli Records. You can call me daddy. Now here's a clip of Let's Get It On, All Out, and How for Hustler. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Death Row say so. By the thugs you love to hate. Tupacalypse now. Machiavelli the dawn. Outlaws. Death Row. West Side till we die. So right there, that settles it. From the horse's mouth, or you want to say the goat's mouth, Tupac says it there himself. And that does not sound like a man was leaving to me. Alright guys, you know what time it is. Drop your comments below how you feel about this. This is your boy DJ Scanless, your favorite DJ's favorite DJ. And I'll be catching you busses on the flip side. We out. Deuces.